Hey, Roros, it's Roberta. So we wanted to let you know that we had already recorded our episode when the news broke regarding the bullying allegations against Meghan Markle and the statement from the Duchess of Sussex. We don't really feel like we have enough time to react to the news in this episode, given our time constraints, but you will hear our thoughts in next week's episode when we can properly assess all the information. With that, here's today's show. Enjoy. Hear ye, hear ye. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by. Three cheers for Her Majesty, the Queen. And we're back. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Quick interruption. Should we be changing this to daily update? There's so much royal news lately. Oh my gosh. I was going to say particularly just about the James Corden. We needed like by the minute updates. I just wanted to dissect that, but we'll get into it. Yeah. A couple of royal reminders as always. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a royal rating, pretty please. Send us an email at info at gallerypodcasts.com. Rachel, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just like, I cannot wait to get into everything we have to talk about today. It's just, I feel like the Royals are on fire right now. It's really exciting. There's so much, um, so much stuff that we can't wait to talk about with you all. And I feel like so much coming up as well. The Super Bowl of our I lives know. is coming up on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a the perfect way Oprah to put it. TV special. <laughs> it is the Super Bowl for Royals fans. Uh, yeah. How was your weekend though? Did you catch the Golden Globes? So I did not watch. <gasps> I looked at recaps and loved all the the crown cast members and what they wore that was really fun but did you watch i did i'm i am such a golden globes addict it's been my favorite awards show for decades and i uh i love it but this year was weird it was just they really tried and with everyone being remote there was something i mean we saw the emmys i don't feel like it was as glitchy as the like the Emmys did a better job i think than the golden globes for some reason tina fey and amy poehler were a dream though i loved their sort of dual coast, you know, bi-coastal hosting. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was awesome to see the crown just dominate. And I love, you know, I feel like especially Josh O'Connor for me, I just think he's so darling. And and Jillian Anderson, I was so, so happy for all of them. Emma Corrin, yeah. That was the most fun for me was seeing what they wore and seeing what everyone wore. I feel like even like Cynthia Revo, some of the outfits were just so incredible. Yeah. So even when they were home, it was great. But I did love the Tina and Amy banter and saying like, who needs award shows these days anyway? Like just was hilarious. So. I know. Well, I bet since you didn't watch live, one of the things that you missed was a little Bridgerton nod, but it was this very bizarro bit that where actors were consulting virtual doctors about they were being diagnosed based on the film that they were watching. And one of the actors, I don't even remember who it was, was like, I'm feeling all hot and bothered. And the doctor was like, you're experiencing Bridgerton. It's going around. It was so Oh funny. my gosh. That's <laughs> it just amazing. like made me laugh because it's like we all feel so many things with these shows. We need a diagnosis. Well, Nicola Coughlin posted a wonderful Instagram of the, I guess they did like the elevator doors opening like they do every year. And she was writing with a quill and then 
the elevator doors closed and she threw it was so cute she's oh just oh my god adorable. i love that Ella. isn't that in Ella. style that does that i love that yeah well we have so much to talk about on this uh episode first we're digging into prince harry's 17 minute long interview on the late late show with james corden it was the delight of the week last week honestly for me. not long enough in our opinion yeah I feel like. not long enough we could t- we could get more harry please uh we also have updates we're following along obviously we're recording this on tuesday just tracking prince philip's health we're very worried as i'm sure you all are uh we have news cambridge news from prince william kate and the queen all promoting the jab uh and that and so much more coming up but we always leave time for a royal refreshment and now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Cheers! What Cheers. are you sipping? I have a little wine glass. I do too. I have cake bread cellars Sauvignon Blanc. Ooh. It's delicious. I poured myself a crisp Chardonnay. It's actually a really. Oh. It's not. Um, I don't typically love Chardonnay, but this one's actually very a little bit more in the Sauvignon Blanc family. I feel like it's lighter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just I feel like I'm ready for summer and white wine and rosé season to finally be here. So while we are sipping, I wanted to read a lovely reader email. Leah wrote, hello, Roberta and Rachel. I'm a devoted Roro and look forward to your podcast every week. I was so excited to hear about Harry and Meghan's pregnancy. But honestly, the first thing I thought of when I heard the news was... The podcast. (laughs) Listening to Royally Obsessed is like catching up with old friends. My husband was so glad when I started listening to y'all because now I have someone else to talk to about all things royal. Yes, I talk back like you guys can hear me. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Anyway, I just wanted to say I love your podcast and the detail and grace you always give to each topic discussed. Thanks for always brightening my day. Leah Murray in Tennessee. I love that. I feel like she should zoom in with us. We can talk. <laughs> That's so funny. I lo- I feel like I do that with podcasts too. Like I'm I was going to say in real that. in real time. Yeah, so good. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. I feel like this is very appropriate given all that's going on, but February 28th, 2018, so this was about three years ago now, but two years before Harry and Meghan officially announced that they were leaving uh, their roles as senior royals, we saw Harry and Meghan join Kate and William for the inaugural Royal Foundation Forum, which was aptly titled Making a Difference Together. Do you remember this, Roberta? Yes, I do. Kate was pregnant with Prince Louis. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, that was like the Fab Four, like really was like hitting the spot. That was, those were all the headlines. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it was only, it was only three years ago, which is crazy. So the Royal Foundation Forum was meant to be the umbrella organization for Kate and William and Harry and Meghan to all have their different causes, you know, kind of housed within. And this was originally established in 2009. So Megan would become an official patron as upon her wedding, because remember, this is 2018 in February. So in as of May 2018, once she wed Harry, she would also become the fourth patron of this foundation. Uh, William at the time remarked after this forum, I, I loved this quote, we're particularly happy that it's our first royal foundation forum with Meghan. So, you know, he. I think it all went really well. I mean, you watched the four of them together. It was a really warm uh, conversation about all the things that they were really passionate about. And at the time, the foundation was focusing primarily on armed forces, supporting the armed forces, young people, wildlife conservation, and mental health. And Megan, during this panel, also really added to the fact that she wanted to focus on her passion for women's empowerment. And that was really um, an important cause for her. So I remember I remember them uh, kind of asking her pretty tough questions and her really stepping up to the plate and mm-hmm. being so thoughtful about the way she answered. And I think is such an important 
message from her too, because she really was taking this job so seriously. And even before she was technically officially involved, Mm -hmm. you know, they talk about in during that conversation, she says like, well, you know, after three months from now, while we're busy planning our wedding, like I just yeah. think that she was still so ready to hit the ground running. And that was, um, that and was the really headlines were all like, oh, she mentioned the wedding. Like, I think it was just <laughs> such a different, you know, it's like so much has right. happened since then. Uh, but in particular, the reporter, the person running the panel asked a very, a very poignant question now, you know, it's easy looking back. It's about it, working together as a family and do they ever have disagreements? I think it's really good that, the, that we've got, you know, four four different personalities and, you know, we've all got that same that same passion to want to make a difference, um, but, you know, different different opinions. And I think those opinions work really, really well. Working as, as family does have its challenges. Of course it does. Everybody here, the fact that everyone's laughing means that everybody knows <laughs> exactly what it's like. Um, but, um, look, you know, we're, we're, we're stuck together for the rest of our lives, so... <laughs> This is true. Togetherness at its finest. Togetherness, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy hearing it now, right, Roberta? It's so wild, especially, you know, them laughing it off when you think what we know and how that relationship kind of devolved. I think it's not a laughing matter anymore. And those differences that they mentioned didn't get worked out. It seems like, you know, they they say they celebrate that there's four different people working together towards the same common goal, but that, you know, it's good to have these differences because it can kind of push the envelope, I think they mentioned. But we we now know that it didn't really work out that, that way and the differences couldn't be resolved. I, I don't think I, that's all, I guess. That's, that's my thought. Well, I think for me, I think, Maybe this is just sort of like aiming to be a little too optimistic, but I do want to think like focus on the fact that a lot has evolved over the course of two years and so many people want to blame Megan. But I look at it as it's just an evolution as William and Harry carve their own paths. Like I think, you know, it's like the minute you get married, it's not about someone kind of creating a division. It's more about your immediate or the center who you think of as your immediate family really shifts and you really come into your own. So I think for me, even though the timeline of this has been so rapid, it kind of feels like the natural growing pains of two brothers finding their own way. I mean, but again, that's being really optimistic. I'm just hopeful that maybe a few years from now, we'll all look back at this and be like, you know what? They did find their own way and they've, they're okay. That's yeah. Op- way I too do, optimistic. No, I think hindsight's twenty twenty two, and like, but the main subject of their answer is not the wives or how mm-hmm. that has changed anything, but that Harry and William are, yeah. you know, our brothers butting heads, and I think they, you know, kind of laugh it off, and the audience laughs, like, and he Harry's like, anyone who knows, you know, um, about family knows that this is kind of a tricky territory and and whatever, and sibling rivalry and all that, but. I just think that it always was about Harry and it William. It always was. It was a, a story concocted yeah. by the press that it would be all on Meghan. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Anyways, I did. I just, you know, it's especially relevant with everything that's going on. All right. Up next, the Fresh Prince of Montecito. <laughs> totally. This made our week, our month, and even our year. I, I think I'm speaking for us both, but I do feel like we feel the same way about how wonderful this clip was. And I've watched it so many times now. What about you? Well, I was going to say, I actually, for some reason, was completely out to lunch on the fact that it was airing last week. Like, did we get any heads up about that? I don't think so. So James Corden, they aired it on Thursday, the late, late show at night. And 
It was a surprise to wake up to Friday. I woke up to it. Did you? Yeah, I woke up to it. Okay. And I was yeah, like, yeah. all you Roros are all in DMs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone who hasn't watched, I mean, come on. What We've are you all watched. For? Yeah. <laughs> no one listening uh, to this has not right, watched. Right. So the clip with James Corden that was teased about a month ago, I believe, uh, featuring Prince Harry for Carpool Karaoke was on a double-decker open-top bus, his tour of L.A., traveling, as James Corden said, quote, in the style of a native Angelino, which I loved. Um, favorite moments, Rachel? Oh, my gosh, Roberta. There are so many. Uh Something controversial, I'm going to say James Corden. I'm starting off with James Corden because I just mm. want to nod to that. I mean, he – I Carpool Karaoke is always such a delight, and I think that he is – he just proved his skill to the nth degree for me as he yeah. transitioned from the top of the double-decker bus, you know, to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air house, and then, you know – to the military course, the Spartan race. I think oh, that he, so he just really handled it all. I loved that him and Harry were kind of dressed the same. Did you notice that? It was like very, <laughs> that was that planned? Yeah, no, TVT to when I was like, oh, it's an Invictus polo because it's black. No, it's just matching black polo. But that was, that that could have been planned. Yeah, and I also loved the the moment where he was predi- like assessing casting for Harry on like when they were talking and he was like, I could play Prince William. I just loved that little aside. Yeah. That was hilarious to me. The- only mention of Prince William, by the way, the and only not and, yeah. and not in an um, interest like n- no kind of reaction from Harry at all, really. Yeah. So that was really um, interesting. But I loved. So I'll go through a couple. Yes, of favorite please. Moments. I want to hear all of your favorites. Let's reminisce. <laughs> so Harry, when he's getting on, he goes, "You know, royals don't carry cash," which is just like it's it's aimed at so many people saying that that's like, oh, they're nothing like us. They don't carry cash, which is just, I don't know. It's really funny that he called but that But already out. right away, we were like hooked in. We're getting, we're like, we're getting a lot of, a lot of stuff out of this. Like this a is already, yeah, a lot of tea spilled. And literal tea, because my next favorite moment was the tea cart crashing. And Harry had, having to be bleeped out because he cussed, because he was Was that, that wasn't staged. There was no way to stage that, right? No, I don't. And I think there was no way also to cut it out. Because like it just was such like a quick moment and and it like it, you just couldn't have edited it. Well, and you saw it the out, producer; so felt- their feet flew in the air. Too. Yeah, like everyone yes. was surprised by that on the four hundred five. I thought that was great, yes. and his little line about like royalty on the four hundred five and why that wasn't a good idea anymore. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Harry's going to host that. Um, I loved the Archie revelations about the waffle maker from the Queen. Does the Queen have Amazon Prime? Is she ordering waffle makers to Santa Barbara? I mean, sounds like the answer is yes. Yes. Definitive yes. Harry singing Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Amazing. That was gold. (laughs) In West Philadelphia. Born born and raised raised. on the playground. (laughs) There we go. He He did it it. so much better. Yeah, so much better. Uh, when he had to use the toilet of the residence of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air mansion. Yeah. Hilarious. And he sticks his head out the window. <laughs> then like, if I'm not out in five minutes, come rescue me. That I loved great. that. And they were really starstruck, too. That was actually I would be. I would be freaking a out. hilarious yeah. moment. Because both – it seems like they had two sons, maybe, and they both came out and they were, like, had their phones out as they were leaving, like, taking pictures. I, I just yeah. thought that was all of us. Amazing. Um, FaceTiming with Megan. The nickname has – James Corden call, saying, Megan, all right, love. And Harry's like, all right, love. That's my wife. <laughs> um, hot Harry. I mean, come on. This is like Whoa. a reminder what a thirst trap Harry is. <laughs> First of all, to use the, 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 the youth's language. Yeah, yeah. The, it was great. 
uh, zooming with the queen, all the insights, Prince Philip, you know, slamming the laptop shut after a zoom, very on brand for him. I actually felt good about myself in that moment and also maybe a, a tick embarrassed or a touch embarrassed because I sometimes do that too with a meeting. I like just close it and I now realize that that's weird because Harry flagged it as weird. Or... <laughs> Or on the opposite end of the spectrum of like, I cannot get out of the meeting. Like, I can't find the end button until I'm the last one. And it's so bad. That is awkward, like, too. That is really weird. You're like, uh. I just, you have to laugh at yourself or else you'll cry. Yeah. Um, then the serious moment. So we want to get into the serious moment. So James Corden asks Harry when he knew Megan was the one. And he said by the second date, it was zero to 60 really quick. I love that he talked about how when you're dating a royal, it's backwards. So you kind of are very private at first because you can't really reveal that you are, in fact, dating. Mm-hmm. Or you want to keep it under wraps as long as possible. I liked and then, that moment, too. Yeah. yeah that like, And then your your dating life becomes public. And then you can kind of do the things that typical people do on dates, which mm-hmm. go to the cinema, go out to eat, things like that. So I thought that was really insightful. And it does also – For me, I think that it informs a lot of why it went from zero to 60 so fast, because when you are just one-on-one at home, it's going to be a lot more intimate than if you're out and having all these distractions, you're out with friends, like those kinds of things. If he can't have that as the typical buildup to a relationship, it is going to move faster. Right. And Harry says, like, the first two months, like, yeah, he knew they're they're in love. Yeah. So it's really, it was really interesting. Um, Then James Corden, he doesn't ask if... Harry watches The Crown. He asks what he feels about The Crown. And how do you feel about The Crown? Um, They don't pretend to be news. It's fictional. But it's loosely based on the truth. Yes. Of course it's not strictly accurate. Of Of course course it's not. But but loosely... But you do think loosely it does feel like... It gives gives you a rough idea about what, what that lifestyle and what the pressures of putting duty and service above family and everything else, what what can come from that. I'm way more comfortable with The Crown than I am seeing the stories written about my family or my wife or myself. Because it's the difference between that is obviously fiction, take it how you will, but this is being reported on as fact because you're supposedly news. Yeah. I have a real issue with that. It's kind of a bombshell because... I think, one, we don't assume that Harry and Meghan watched The Crown, so now we have confirmation of that. But also, loosely based on the truth, you know, this is kind of how things turned out. He has intimate knowledge of what went down during this, I guess, a little bit later than The Crown shows in this season in particular. But I do think that, you know, it's pretty interesting to hear him say it's loosely based in truth when there's been so much talk about the disclaimer from Netflix about, you know, so many people's feathers were ruffled about this season in particular and in its portrayal of Diana and Charles and the um, their relationship. So I was surprised. Yeah, it does kind of, you know, flip the script for me. You know, we're all so used to consuming these completely out there, non-truthful headlines about the royal family. And Harry's point is that the crown admits that it's fiction. And, you know, at least we have that. I think that that was really 
uh, Im- important and valid hearing from him. I also, because we had the Golden Globes, you know, talking going back to the beginning of the episode, yeah. but like, you know, a lot of, I think Jillian Anderson was asked about this when, like not the interviews that aired when they accepted their award, but she said that she was really pleased to hear and called Harry uh, fairly well qualified to judge what's fact and fiction. And she sa- had a quote that she was really grateful that he understood what Peter was trying to do, Peter Morgan. So mm-hmm. I think just, you know, having Harry talk about this and acknowledge that he's watching, but also just make that comparison was really interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. And then one last clip we're going to play from the James Corden special, although I wish we could play all 17 minutes on this one. <laughs> Let's just air the whole thing. <laughs> right. Um is when, and this might actually be kind of the climax of it all, is is James Corden asks Harry, you know, what did you feel, how did you feel about stepping down from your royal duties? It's such a monumental decision to have walked away from the royal family. Why did you feel that that was necessary and the right thing to do for you and your family? It was never, it was never walking away. It was, it was stepping back rather than stepping down. Right. Um, you know, it was a really difficult environment, as I think a lot of people saw. We all know what the British press can be like. And it was destroying my mental health. I was really? like, this is toxic. Yeah. So I did what any husband and what any father would do, is like, I need to get my family out of here. But we never walked away. And as far as I'm concerned, whatever decisions are made on that side, I will never walk away. I will always be contributing but my life is public service. So wherever I am in the world, it's going to be the same thing. I think that clarification from Harry is so, so important. He was stepping back, not stepping down. So I, and I know that I've said the wrong thing before, but I feel like stepping back to me signals that they wanted to work something out as a hybrid model. And, you know, whatever he says, whatever was decided, we will always live a life of public service but that they really did have hope that something could be worked out and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like, you know, in tandem with the mentions of the queen and his relationship with Prince Philip and the fact that they're Zooming, I think that he was able to give sort of a, a statement in the context of a really fun interview about what he intended to do. But he also kind of nodded to the warmth that he the warm relationship he still has with his grandparents. I think that mentioning Mm -hmm. them so just he mentioned them in a way that just felt very casual and very open. And I think that it shows how much they're still in touch and that the the relationship, the family part of it is still there. And I, at least I, I think that that was interesting. It's truly like two separate, you know, it's two separate worlds because mm-hmm. it's family and then it's duty. Mm-hmm. And I think as a family, they will all th- always be there for each other. You know, the queen said they are much loved members of my family. They will always be, he will always be her grandson. But as far as duty, I think it does sound like he might have been a little disappointed about yeah. the way that, you know, the narrative has kind of been shown now to say that he was stepping down. I don't think that was what he wanted, but you're right. I think, you know, he keeps those worlds so separate in his mind. It's it's his family. And then, you know, down the line, it's, it's the job. And mm-hmm. so the job didn't work out, but they are still, you know, they're still so close. So but how nice to hear these words from Harry himself. I think that's one of the biggest challenges sometimes for anyone covering the royals, but also just in general, all of us, we hear it from like a palisade, from this person, from someone, so-and-so, a royal, co- you know, like I, I think yeah. it's just nice to hear him versus a game of telephone. Just answer this, the question. Well, and what's 
if this is the first <laughs> kind of big interview with Prince Harry, like what else is going to come out? Like I just, I mean, that perfectly segues into our next um, topic, which is the Oprah interview coming up this Sunday. So Gail King on Friday revealed on CBS this morning that she's heard from reliable sources. This is Oprah talking that it's the best interview she's ever done. If my microphone wasn't on a mic stand, mic drop. Like I just, (laughs) so cheesy. But I literally, I I feel like that's high praise. You know, that's a huge huge statement to make. Oprah. Huge. So the two previews aired on Sunday. They kind of stole the thunder from the Golden Globes, which (laughs) the poor Golden Globes are struggling. Um, They aired on Sunday and they build anticipation. You know, there's a lot of hype around these clips, but Megan isn't talking at all. It's actually just Harry and Oprah. So here's one of those moments. Were you silent or were you silenced? I just want to make it clear to everybody, there is no subject that's off limits. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. There's also a clip of Harry talking about Diana. He said it felt like history repeating itself. Diana had to go through this process by herself. They also mentioned uh, Megan's quote about it being unsurvivable. This is, uh, as we said, this is the Super Bowl of royal fans. Like, this is. is, I'm nervous. Are you nervous? I'm I'm really nervous. I don't know why I feel that way, but I think I just so desperately want the kids to all be all right. It's more for me about William and Harry than anything. Like, I just really want... Um, I'm hopeful that this interview is the beginning of their process to heal, which I believe is already ongoing, even though there's friction still. I think I'm hopeful that that is, you know. Do you think the palace is nervous? I go back and forth, honestly, because I think that they obviously have so much going on with Prince Philip right now. They, you know, duty above all else, which isn't always doesn't always serve them the best. I'm curious how tuned in they are to this. I know that there's also a lot of, you know, coverage from like the tabloids, which I don't. You know, it's, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but it's, you know, a lot of people are saying, how could Harry and Meghan allow this to air right now when Prince Prince Philip Philip. is in the hospital? But honestly, I I doubt they have any control. You know, I don't think. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, they they have no control over this. You know, it's been set up way in advance. Uh, It's really tough. Yeah. I wanted to point out uh, Meghan's outfit, Giorgio Armani, Georgette dress with a lotus flower, which has symbolically meant rebirth, purity. Uh, her shoes are also named the purest, Aquazura, I believe. Oh, the interesting. Purest, yeah. Which is not purity. I don't know. And then uh, an aquamarine Colette necklace, which features four little pendants for their maybe family of four. I don't know. Reading into this. So I'm not ready too. <laughs> I'm not a royal fashion expert, but I do love this <laughs> stuff. Um, she also wore Diana's tennis bracelet, which we've seen her wear before. I thought the interesting part was some of the jewelry is by Pippa Small, and it's the Georgette dress. George Pippa. Oh, I like Kate what you Middleton. did there. Yeah. I don't know. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. I like that. Um, but I didn't. I didn't really know how to feel about the dark eyeliner. Really dark, and especially if this is something that's going to get emotional. It sounds like it will. Like, will it smear? Will it run? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like it was the first thing you noticed and I noticed, I think was just how, you know, it really was. Intense. That's the first yeah. place you look is her eyes, which is a direct right. mirror of Diana's panorama interview. I mean, Diana had very dark eyeliner going all the way around her eye. So is it a nod to that? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so nervous. I got to get my cable all set up, ready to watch. I am too. I am too. 
Well, subject change, flipping gears, Cambridge news. We were going to, you know, give the Sussexes a quick break and a totally different subject. Kate and William were actually promoting the vaccine. I think that the million dollar question that I think is on my mind, I don't know if you're thinking about it, is will Kate and William get vaccinated publicly? Like, will we have a video or a photo that pops up on their Kensington Royal Instagram account showing them actually getting the jab? What do you think, Roberta? I think so. I I think there's such a push for young people to get the vaccine. And I know for Britain, they're doing it in brackets. So there's going to be, I think it's like 30 to 39, um, 40 to 49. So there's those age groups. And I think they really, really want to, I think it would be amazing though. And and such a a wonderful show of leadership from them. Um, But as we know, I feel like he didn't reveal that he even had coronavirus back in April. So I feel like they're super, super private about that stuff. Maybe they won't. Yeah, who knows? But I do think that they are taking such a firm stance. I mean, so we know that, Charles and Camilla just recently got their first shot in early February. And the, and the interesting part is that the royals are all following the protocol. They're waiting until it's their age category. There's no special treatment going on. But I think what's I think is awesome is Kate and William are certainly taking a stance on the matter of the importance of trusting science, the importance of getting the vaccine. They've even updated their Instagram bio link that takes you to the vaccine sign up mm. so that it, it's, there's no other link in their bio right now. It just goes straight to that. But so on their latest Zoom, which I, I recommend that everyone watch the full thing just because the two women that they – one was a family and then there was uh, Fiona uh, was the other mom of um, that they chatted with. And they were both just so delightful and funny and really had a lot of things that were interesting to hear. But they both had pre-existing conditions. And so one had asthma. The other had diabetes or type 2 diabetes. And they talked about their plans to get the vaccine. And I want to uh, – you know, William really – makes it clear this statement i want to i want you to listen to this catherine and i are not medical experts by any means but if it's any consolation we can wholeheartedly support you know having vaccinations it's it's really really important we've spoken to a lot of people about it and um you know the uptake's been been amazing so far we've got to keep it going so that the younger generations also feel um you know that uh, it's really important for them to have it so it's great that you're you know Shivani, you're you, you know you're taking your time to kind of work it out and I've come to a conclusion that, you know, I need to do this because social media is awash sometimes with with lots of rumors and misinformation. So we have to be a little bit careful who we who we believe and where we, we got our information from. So they're really laying the stake in the ground about the validity of the vaccine. I mean, this is a it's I that's why I think that maybe we will see a photo of it happening for them. I think that it would yeah. be a, a very big royal first to have something medical happening like that. But um this this Zoom in particular is interesting to watch. And, and like I said, I really did like Fiona, this mom. <laughs> she was just like, I think my GP hates me now because of all the like million questions she's had during the pandemic, which made me feel like, you know, all of us. And then she was also talking about how it's not that, you know, I think a lot of people think that once they get the vaccine, they can instantly go out and like yeah. to return to old life. And she's like, I'm not going to go out and lick lampposts. Like it was, it was pretty funny, but, but also I think, you know, there's a part in the, in the clip where Kate and William flip and uh, they start talking to Fiona's daughter specifically and asking her about her experience with school. And Kate and William just so come alive when they are speaking with kids. I, I think that mm-hmm. they, you know, they're very serious and professional when they're doing the interviews with the, with the grownups. But then when they're starting to ha- ask, you know, chat about school and what the pros and cons of pandemic learning are, uh, they just completely relax. And I think that that's really nice to see. I thought it was a nice insight too, kind of behind the scenes look that we see them with pages of notes under the computer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So in the Instagram too, and and I'm kind of surprised they even left it in the picture, but 
the um, notes on each person, just similar to how like in that poetry session that Megan and Harry did, they read up on the bios of everyone beforehand and had to and ask really thoughtful questions. And I'm sure Kate and William are doing the same. Also, um, Kate's wearing a bodysuit. Did you see the, Did you I see this ID? I was just going to say, can we talk <laughs> about the link. deep yeah. V? It was a Wait, deep which link. The, there's a link right in the in the rundown about uh, this, but I feel like it is. Is it the designer link or the top is a bodysuit? <laughs> top is a bodysuit. So, um, so basically, wow. well, you have to scroll, so scroll down. This seems scandalous for a Dutch. No, no, no. But this is what's fascinating, and it makes me want to change all my button down tops. Is basically it makes it so that it it's a perfect tuck in without having to navigate oh, the tuck in. This it's genius. Incredible. It's a shirt bodysuit by Holland Cooper. And I was like, Kate, of course, got this right. Like, that makes so much sense. That's why it looks so, you know, just perfectly draped when she's on Zoom. It's not bunching. Yep. It's not doing any of that. It's a bodysuit. So I thought right. that was fascinating. And yeah, no bulging like in your in your skirt or pants mm-hmm. or anything. That That is really amazing. Yeah. It has like nice like button details too yeah, that you don't gorgeous. see. It has like shoulder. I think it's like 170 US dollars, something like that. You know, we also heard from the queen this week. She talked about, you know, the vaccine is clearly on everyone's mind. She spoke about her experience getting the jab. We know she's had the first and second shot, said it was very quick, and added this statement that it's rather difficult for people if they've never had a vaccine, but they ought to think of other people rather than themselves. That was pretty, like, shade thrown, right? Like, <laughs> What a massive slap on the so, wrist by the monarch to everyone. Yeah. She's like... Can't you think of someone else other than yourself? And you're like, yes, queen. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't normally get that, you know, personal. And she said it so quickly, you know, listen to her commentary way if you go back. But it is, uh, I thought it was interesting. So moving on to our highs and lows. We're already at our highs and lows, Roberta. And we have a joint low this week because it is so serious. So it's time for the royal highs and lows. Rachel, take it away. No, I mean, just the fact that Prince Philip is still in the hospital. I think that, you know, we're we're for sure, we record this on Tuesday. I want to just emphasize that, but we're really following along. And the, the update from Buckingham Palace that he was transferred to St. Bartholomew's Hospital to continue treatment for an infection, but also for testing and observation related to a pre-existing heart condition. So the palace says that he remains comfortable. He's responding to treatment, but I'm very worried. I'm worried too. I, I What worried me most is that St. Bartholomew's is specializing in heart conditions and also I think they do a lot of cancer research but um, specifically that this could be an infection related to his heart or cardiac I, I have no idea I don't know anything about medical things but I you know what gives me hope and keeps me optimistic is the queen hasn't visited yet which I think would be you know really high up on the agenda if it was something very serious so I'm hoping mm-hmm. That and because she's gotten both vaccines, yeah. it would be okay for her to do so. Both shots, I mean. Uh, so that's giving me hope. But yeah. what do you think? No, I, I just I think it's just hard because it's been two plus weeks. But I think I feel optimistic purely from updates that we get, sort of sprinkled throughout from the family. Like you know, William gave us a little like he's responding to treatment. Edward, I think, has given us an update. So you yeah, know, Edward said he was getting better. Yeah, which is actually like a pretty big. I think that was a I week think... ago. Yeah, so we're following yeah. along, but that's definitely just a low. But. I mean, even just now at two weeks, more than two weeks that he's been admitted and could be for more, you know, for 
three weeks following I just it's a little concerning just in the back of our heads this like through all of these like updates and everything definitely all right my high this week is the queen's got jokes so (laughs) I I stand a queen who can joke about herself and this amazing statue that's in Australia so last week the queen zoomed with the governor and premier of South Australia and a sculptor who unveiled a new statue of her majesty at government house in Adelaide South Australia They said it's the most popular site to take photographs. And then they presented the queen with this little miniature statue of of herself. And she's just, she's so funny with her quips and wit and everything about it. So I wanted to play that little clip. Uh, Good morning. Well, that's good morning to me. I don't, it looks, I don't know what time of day it is to you. Yes, I would think possibly it might be quite alarming to just suddenly see it out of the window. Ah, this is the sculptor. I'd love to present this um, maquette to you. Oh. It would be a great honour for me to present it. This is the preliminary maquette I made before the final life-size statue. Oh, that's very kind. I'm glad it's not quite as big as the the original statue. (laughs) Indeed. I just love that she's like, it would be quite alarming to look out your window and see me and think, oh, she's arrived. Like, she she just cracks me up. She's so, hilarious. I feel like I have to say my other high is just how ridiculously good Harry looked doing an obstacle course. <laughs> I'm still not over it. And he didn't get any mud on his shirt. That was a great like, moment. We just didn't, we didn't talk about that. Now, now I'm regretting it, but it's fine. Oh my gosh, I know. That was a feat. I was really impressed by that. And the way he encouraged James Corden, like he was like, I feel like I'm Archie cheering me on, but he was so kind about it. He was like not like competitive in a mean way at all. It was Ugh. just, gosh, now we're my, just like, heart, <laughs> my heart melts. Okay, and we sorry. go back to the beginning. Back. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right, well, my high of the week was also the surprise Archibald website revamp this weekend. The preview of what's to come, I don't know, but the Sussexes, um, May, had a total makeover for International Women's Day, which is coming up on March 8th, and they had a fully baked action plan for how to support the women in your life and community. And I think that the high for me was just how specific everything was because every tip you could click straight through to donate. You know, it was like uh, donate to the Loveland Foundation and cover the cost of a therapy session for black women. Borrow your te- – uh, they had a template that someone drafted, maybe Megan, maybe Harry, for how to drop a note for your neighbor. It was like you could just – if just checking in on people. I really liked that, that it was so exacting in how you can help because I think that that's a lot of times what I need. Everything is moving a million miles a minute. And so I think if this is a preview of what's to come, it's really, really exciting. I agree. And there's even a little option. I think you can print out every single um, item so that it's a checklist and they recommended hanging it on your fridge and going through during, you know, International Women's Month and um, checking off everything. So I think that was really lovely. Yeah. I also, I love that one of the action items was ask a friend, are you okay? A nod to that Tom Bradby interview. That's nice. All right. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts. This rating is titled Positivity is Contagious. First, I love their voices. I enjoy their fun, friendly attitudes. They don't tear people down. Thank you. That's so nice. Yeah. Our goal, I think, is to, um, you know, kindness first and making positivity louder. Yes, exactly. 
All right. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. You can also follow us personally. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. You can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcasts.com. Until next week, God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.